0: Hello, and welcome to the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. Today's podcast is the first in a new series of interviews with our team. Now, we have a team of 15 staff members now working at Trinity, and today's episode is with Laura, who's one of our most experienced coaches. Now, it would be a bit weird for me to interview Laura as effectively her boss, although I'd never use that term, So one of Laura's clients, Abby, actually interviewed her for us. So in today's episode, you're going to learn how Laura got into personal training after working as both an actor and in teaching first, as well as all the jobs she had to do on the side to get by as an actor, which is pretty entertaining, including being a mascot. And she also reveals what it's like working at Trinity, what makes her tick, and what is the most rewarding thing about working with her private coaching clients. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Trinity coach, Laura.
1: Uh, So, uh, I'm here. I imagine Rob's going to do some sort of intro because he usually introduces the podcasts. But just in case, um, I'm Abby, and uh, Laura was my coach uh, and hopefully will be again when she's finished being on maternity leave. Um, And I interviewed Rob and Ben a little while ago about why they ended up creating Trinity and what their vision was and how that happened. And I wanted to also interview the coaches because they are very very special people they mean an awful lot to those of us in the program and I was also fascinated about them and how they came to Trinity and just to know a bit more about them and we only really get to know our own coach and I just thought it'd be nice for everybody in the community everyone who has had contact with Laura to be able to find out a bit more about Laura but also anyone else who has a coach just to kind of get a bit more of about the vibe of being a Trinity coach. So that's why we're here. I love it. And Laura I so. is my uh, my first volunteer. So thank you for that. Uh, so let's get cracking. Um, so the first one is the blind date question, cause that's kind of the form for Trinity.
2: Uh, so who are you and where do you come from? So I'm Laura. I'm one of the senior support coaches at Trinity. I'm also a stress resilience coach too with Trinity. And I am from the Lake District. I've lived kind of all over, but I'm from the Lake District and I'm currently there now.
1: Okay, thank you very much. And how long have you been with Trinity?
2: I've been with Trinity since March last year, so nearly a year and a half. Okay. Wow, that's gone fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so...
1: Uh, my first question, really, is about how did you come across Trinity? Because I know a lot of us, you know, happened across the Facebook ad, going, "Is this you?" But obviously, you're not a client; you're a
2: coach. So, how did you you how did you come across them? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so, I, it was on Indeed. I was just looking for um, a new challenge. So, I was at that time I was PTing, um, which I did like. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it but it just felt a bit flat. I just was looking for something a little more kind of in depth. I knew I wanted to work with women specifically. Um and as PTs are usually self-employed mm. and I think I was hopeful to try and find something that would be an employed role. Um I didn't have any luck finding that. That was like a needle in a haystack. There was nothing like that um, as a personal trainer. And I was just on Indeed one day and I saw this ad and it was a support coach, um, help women in menopause get fit and healthy. And I was like, hello, this is a bit of what I've been looking for. Um, And I then I applied for the job and then did my own research so I followed the guys on Instagram and um, Facebook I was on their website I was watching videos because I was like oh, maybe this is a bit of a scam you know like I'm sure that like loads of you know anything online you're like am I going to be taken for a ride because I've done some funny jobs <laughs> in my life um, and I was like i would learn from your mistakes Laura research the job and I couldn't find anything negative about it Um, so I was chuffed to bits when I've got an interview. Um, and then I think Rob and Ben said on their podcast, but the interview process was really in depth. It was quite rigorous, um, which I suppose just shows how much they care and how much they want to make sure that the coaches coming on board are the right fit. Um, so yes, there was a an initial very short interview, didn't think that I'd make it any further, if I'm honest. Um, And then there was a second longer interview and there was a few like personality questions. And then there was a bit of kind of um, writing kind of exercises and things like that. And um, I remember getting the call from Rob, I think the final interview saying, we'd love to offer you the job. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Like I can't, I was so pleased to have found this unique job <laughs> that ticks so many boxes and to have even been offered it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I found out about Trinity.
1: Oh, brilliant. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> but it's just, and also it, it echoes a lot of, of my own experience. Cause I said, you know, when I first saw it, I, I looked everywhere online to look for, is this a scam? Mm. Because it, you know there's just so much stuff out there so it's quite kind of good to hear that you know it's not just me (laughs) that's cynical and and suspicious
2: no no, not at all absolutely because also I don't I didn't want to work for a company I didn't believe in either you know if they were um a quick fix company for example so losing weight really fast in an extreme way um Mm -hmm. and I asked a lot of questions in my interview about the process and what they believed in and what their ethos was. And I just, I just completely, I just related to it. I was like, that's, yeah, that's exactly, I just want people to be happy and healthy in a sustainable way. So you've heard me say that a million times, (laughs) but I didn't want to work for something that I thought was problematic, I suppose is the best word. Um, it was. I love that so they interviewed you and you
1: interviewed them right back of basically of course I did <laughs> <laughs> brilliant love it love it love it love it okay so um I can't I can check what the next question was but I'm going to ask you anyway mm. um before we get into the next one I just want to ask because you can't go around saying things like I've done a lot of weird things um without me asking what 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 have you done what what are these other jobs that you've kind of gone oh what have I got myself into now or oh what's that about yes
2: a lot well um I think I have a bit of a different route to um many PTs so I originally trained as an actor so I worked as an actor for 15 years um I lived in London and I when you're an actor you have a lot of jobs because you don't really get a lot of acting work so so I did everything I was um I worked in retail I worked in coffee shops I was an awful barista that's the worst job I am I'm awful at it I had bless them they had to put me through five training days and I still was rubbish and I can't do the art so that wasn't for me um I worked. I was like a mascot, you know, like these big mascots who dressed up. I worked as Peter Rabbit for a while, um, which is just. <laughs> and then I did. I worked in like a Doctor Who convention and dressed up. I don't even know Doctor Who, but it has the weird tentacly things. I'm sure someone knows what that is. Um, ood. ood. there you go. I was an ood. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I've never met an ood before. This is this is just such a treat. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I did a lot. of. I did a lot of that and um, I did a lot of role play work for police and for doctors, which I actually really liked. Um, So that was kind of being awful people, basically, <laughs> they had to control me, which um, was <laughs> so fun. Um I, uh, well else? I, yeah, I've, I've done anything I could get my hands on basically, because all I wanted to be was an actor and I really wanted to make it work but it's a very it's a really hard rough tough industry and what I found really difficult about it is no matter how hard you worked or how many plays you wrote and put on so I did that a lot and I I made a theatre company with my friend and we because I got frustrated waiting for other people to give me a role. So we started putting on our own things and I was like, well, the, you know, you work hard, you get promoted. Like in my head, that's how it worked, but it doesn't work like that in that industry. And I struggled with that a lot. So over the 15 years I started to run my own business, um, which did coaching. So I coached anyone and everyone who wanted to act or dance Um and uh, put on plays, and wrote plays, um, and that was really fun, I really loved that, and then I set up a a company called Mini Storytellers, which was storytelling for two to four-year-olds, and I ran that for five years in London, um, and it did really well, Um, and I loved it, but I was doing, I was working every day, seven days a week, Mm. all day, I would never switch off, and that's where my interest in stress comes from a lot and as I said before I'm a stress resilience coach and I think it's because I really really struggled with it in that period of time Um, and then I, I kind of started to drift a little bit I was like I loved being creative and I loved performing and I loved coaching people but it just started to feel like a job like a job and the fun kind of sucked out of it and the stress was getting too much I was like this is not sustainable I wasn't earning any money I was just working all the time and then it got to a point where I just didn't I just wasn't very well because of the stress that I was under trying to achieve so much and not really getting anywhere and during that time I, because I've not always been fit and healthy, quote, <laughs> I wouldn't describe myself necessarily as that, but I've never always, not always been into it. And I started going to the gym and I started strength training with a PT that looked like a Viking. He was awesome. <laughs> and I just started falling in love with it. And it really, honestly, was the thing that kept me sane in all of that. And so gradually, I started to think I want to do something a bit different. I think I'm at the end of the road with my million jobs that I was doing. And um, I think probably one of the not lowest moments, comedy moments, was um, my friend saying we have uh, the title role in a panto and someone's pulled out. Would you like to do it? I was like, oh my yeah, I'd love I'd love that. I'd love to do a lead role. What what's the role? And it was Mother Goose. So I was a goose. I was in a seven foot goose costume. I'd had four years drama school training. I didn't think I was that bad an actor. But <laughs> what I had to do was just push eggs in between my legs and onto the stage. And that was <laughs> that was for me when I was like I think I'm out. (laughs) I think I I might need to do something else with my time. Um, I just remember wearing these bright orange tights and these huge flappy feet. And I was just like, I remember just thinking, I I think it's, I think I need a new direction. Um, (laughs) And um, lockdown happened which was actually great because it got me thinking about what do I want? What do I like? And I think it was easy for me. I love people. I love working with people. I love understanding how people tick. And I really wanted to help. Um, I really wanted to coach. I loved it. And um, the PT at my gym was like, have you ever thought about personal training? And I was like, yeah. I, I, so I trained in it. Um, and worked as a personal trainer for a while which like I said before I I did like but it just it just fell a bit flat for me in terms of just doing like a workout with people Mm -hmm. not that, that that there's anything wrong with that but I think I just wanted a little bit something else I wanted to help with and so that's when Trinity happened and it all kind of all of this madness <laughs> and all of the things I've done, and all of the things I've kind of learned and I don't regret a single second of it um I do think it's helped to connect with people um so yeah, that's a very brief history i could, there's so many more stories, my goodness me, but that's a little a little bit <laughs>
1: okay, uh well, thank you for that um that is an image that's going to stay with me for really quite some time um so I was going to ask you can and you obviously can but can you remember the first time you met Ben and Rob and what were your first impressions yeah I do
2: I do remember it because um I hope they don't get annoyed with me saying this but I remember thinking they were smaller than I thought <laughs> <laughs> That was my first thought. I think because I was expecting these huge, intimidating guys who made this business. Um, and I met them and they they just weren't that. Like they were just so lovely. Uh, honestly, like they were, they were very soft, like, and but they know their stuff and they really care. That's the, that's what I really got from them. Um, but Ben is very competitive, which uh we do like a fun team thing on a Wednesday. Ben is the most competitive out of the whole team, for sure. Unless it's about CrossFit and then Rob does come into his own. <laughs> yeah, I can
1: imagine. Uh yeah, I can. Um so uh what's a typical working day like for you?
2: Ooh, um so a typical day will be split between phone calls with clients um so usually 15 minute calls like catch-up weekly calls like we used to have um mm-hmm. so we'd go through your week what was going well and um, what you need support with and kind of unpick anything there um but it would also be split with email clients as well. So um, I would get their, we call them their weekly check-ins. So I'd get their check-in about how the week's gone um, and just kind of offer uh, email support and some advice of whatever that might be. Um, And then it it kind of depends. Sometimes we'll have um, like a goal getting call with clients, which is a slightly longer call at the kind of tail end of their first phase where we'll go through kind of how goals are, are getting um, how we're getting on with the goals that we've set what we need to keep doing and what we might need to change um and then so it kind of niggly things like um checking people's food trackers who want some extra nutritional support um checking up on people who have been having a, a, a specifically tough week so it kind of varies but all in all about that. And then we'll have the occasional meeting and we'll we'll always touch base as a team every week about how how we're all getting on, anything that people have flagged up a lot. So we have our coaching call on a Tuesday with Rob and Ben. And usually we'll talk as a coaching team about uh, things that are coming up through all of our clients um, that maybe need specific help. So for example, things like going on holiday, what do you do when you go on holiday? Um, or Christmas is coming up um, or a lot of people were struggling with sleep or for whatever you know Um so we always touch base as well um, so yeah that's it and it's good because it's every day is different um, okay so it's even though you're doing the same things yeah effectively yeah same things but every single client is unique so it's not a copy paste situation, you know. You, I can't say that you know the conversation I had with you is the same as the next person I have because, or, or, or the same, or an email client, you know, their reality is totally different to somebody else's, and their challenges are different. So it's a lot about unpicking and unlocking that, and and working out how that person what kind of support that person needs do they need a bit of tough love do they need some kindness that week do they need picking up do they need kicking go on you can do this motivation kind of speech um so it's a lot of kind of fine-tuning what that particular person needs Hmm. what
1: what do you think are the kind of the transferable skills from coming to it through the route you came because obviously you've like you said, you've had quite a, not necessarily a typical background uh for someone who's in training and coaching. So I'm guessing that there are sort of valuable things that you've acquired along the way, not accidentally, but you know what I mean, that are, are sort of are useful in this role that you wouldn't necessarily
2: have kind of expected. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that question. I've never really thought about it. I think that's a good question. Um, I think I, in terms of when you perform, you have to learn how to work with everybody as a, as a team. And you also have to, when you approach a role, you have to ask what, what makes that person the, the way they are. Um, you know, put, put yourself in somebody else's shoes, basically. You also have to be um, very patient, and approach the way that you, the way that you talk to somebody, the, the tones that you use. Same with email as well. You know, how do you create a strong relationship with someone over an email? Um, mm. and that's something that I loved about writing. So I love writing. So it's about how do you kind of create that relationship with that person um resilience a lot of the time like they have a hell of a lot of knockbacks and and being thrust into roles or jobs a lot of the time where you just like here you go off you go go <laughs> and you just have to not learn as you go but you become quite good with people and grounded because you have to it's always about the person it's always about you guys and that I think is what I've loved about coaching but it's a good question I've never really thought about sorry that's probably a very weird fluffy way of describing it Um, no I just I just wondered
1: because I think there must be something in the in the acting and performing way you've got to learn to read people mm. and you've got to be able to respond to them and you've said about using choosing the tone to use and how what seeing how people respond and that that which is really kind of nuanced it's a really kind of soft skill for want of a better mm. term but I can see how the sort of background that you have would all contribute to your ability to build rapport quickly and and all of those and, and be as responsive as as you are mm. um so I just thought that was quite mm. interesting but it is. put you on the spot to make you think about no. it because uh, it's kind of my job yes. um question uh I also wanted about though you know you talked about the work day and I have said a typical working day but I was interested in, as well outside of that so are you somebody and I realized at the moment your situation might be a little bit different mm-hmm. you're not going to be leaping out. And doing a massive workout, but is it a kind of I get up and I walk the dog before I start work, or is it just I I roll out of bed and then I'm on the phone, or are you someone that needs the sort of two hours before you start work to sort of centre yourself and and meditate, or you know that whole who are you when not just the working day, but the the kind of the routine? What what's your whole day like?
2: Okay, no, I like that. That's good. so, I'm not a morning person. I, I never have been. So I um, I often sleep a bit later, and then I will um, I'll get up and I'll get ready and then start work kind of straight away. Um, and then in the middle of the day, I will walk the dog. Um, so I make sure I have a break. And I made a pact with myself one year to go outside every day, no matter what. And I have actually done that. <laughs> Um, obviously having a dog is great because you have to stop and step away from the laptop because I have been a person who sat at a laptop all day because because I want to get stuff done Um, but I know it's not productive or good for me or the clients if I'm just solidly there so I'll go out, um, I'll walk my dog, Jeff um, and we'll do about an hour. I used to occasionally run that um, obviously not right now <laughs> um, but I used to do about uh, three of the walks were a run a, a small run or a longer run um, but I'm an evening worker out I'm one of those mm-hmm. um, so I am a member of um, a gym and they do it's not quite it's not quite crossfit it's a it's a strength class Um, And I do that three times a week um, and it's booked in. So for me, that's quite key because if, and I know I'm this kind of person, if I'm not expected to be somewhere or to do something, I I won't do it. I'll drift. So it's taken me, I've strength trained for about 10 years and it's taken me that long to work out what I need is the accountability. So I book on um, every week and I, I, then I go and I do that um, in an evening between six and seven and then I'll come back make tea um and then I love um I love reading so we'll read in an evening um I'll chat to Mike my husband and then we usually go to bed kind of not really very late 10 I do meditate but that's been something that's been really helpful and I journal as well to kind of do before bed. Um, that just really helps bookend the day. Um, so yeah, so even though I tell, and some of my clients probably listening to this going, oh, but you advised me to do it in the morning and I'm like, for some people, that's the best option. A hundred percent because an evening is hard. By the end of the day, you're tired, you're hungry, you don't want to do it. And the only way I make sure that that happens is because I book onto something and I'm someone's expecting me to be somewhere but you know like all of us coaches all of us have days where we don't want to do it you can't be bothered you just want to eat cake <laughs> you know like we are all human as well and, um, yeah it's it's just about working out your your little route and what yeah. it is that you need to make sure that you stick to the things you know you need and you know are good for you that makes sense yeah no it totally does because it's it's the whole kind of trinity approach and
1: it's it's kind of it's really lovely i was thinking this and said this to rob and ben that they very much sort of live trinity themselves it's very much a do as i do not do as i say kind of deal even though they're clearly not menopausal women (laughs) But, you know, the fact that they're working and Rob will say, you know, that sometimes he doesn't want to work out. And he's been very honest about times when he didn't have the accountability. So things sort of went in the opposite direction for him and and stuff like that. So hearing that you as a coach have had to work out what works for you, just like we do with our coaches and whether it's that we are morning people or that actually we're evening people or, you know, and pre-booking things makes you turn up and that's why you do it and so on and making a pact with yourself to go outside I mean this all sounds like the kinds of things that we might talk about on a coaching call to try and you know to help move forwards to that kind of happy healthy maintenance well-being thing so I think it's it's like one of the things I love is is also when you see coaches delivering training sessions and they're sort of squished into funny little spaces in their own homes. I think I watched a stretching one that you did and there was Jeff in the background and you were kind of squished in between a sofa and a table and you were, and it, but it's, I love it because it's really authentic and it just goes to show. And I think, I think it was Jess said in the podcast that's just been um, put up that she liked that as well it showed that you didn't have to be in a gym or your own kind of home gym place that you could do it in a corner of your bedroom or a corner of your living room so I think all of those things that show that this is again you know it's not just Rob and Ben it's the coaches themselves that are kind of living the journey with us Mm. in a different way but but the same principles apply so I think that's that's great yeah I really like it and thank you for those little insights um I would think of you curled up in a book with a book in the evenings that's kind of cute um so what's the favorite part of your job
2: oh I mean there's a lot and I don't you know the, the obvious cliche one is when you see people get to the goal that they want and um but I think my favorite part is where someone reaches a goal they didn't even think that they had. <laughs> so they maybe are like, I didn't realise how how um, how stressed I was and how that was impacting my relationship. Um, and you know that's now improved. Or one lady I spoke to, she um, has just become a grandma, and um, she was talking about holding her grandson above her head and like doing the funny drop game. And she was like, I just, there's no way I would have been strong enough to do that. And I love it when it becomes something that it wasn't even on somebody's radar and they realize how much happier they are or stronger mentally, physically. They have a grip on their stress. I love that bit. That's my favorite bit. Obviously, I love it when people get to the goals that they originally set or, you know, but it's, it's really nice when it becomes much bigger than the scales. That's my favorite thing. Mm.
1: <laughs> cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, so mother goose aside, <laughs> what are you most proud of in your career so far? Well, obviously, yes. Um, well, I mean, clearly that was a high point. Specifically for Trinity,
2: um, yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm most proud of. I. Oh, that's really hard, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna say starting and setting up the stress consultations because that was a bit of a, a, a love project in a way. Um, it means a lot to me that is women, we can feel more empowered and in control of our stresses, we have enough going on. (laughs) And, and to, I kind of created this process, and I did a course on it. And I fully threw myself in to everything about that. And I really do believe that it makes a big impact on our health and wellbeing. So starting those up, trialing them, some finding what works, a lot of things didn't work being okay with the fact that things don't work and um, listening to feedback and and building that up and I think I just finished my 30th one last month so that was I'm gonna say that that was a bit of a unique one but I was really it meant a lot to me so that
1: cool that's really cool um
2: okay so what's the hardest part of what you do um I think the hardest part of working in the fitness industry in general is is battling the kind of beliefs and myths that flow around and are in all of our psyches you know things like um you know you have to be x size to be sexy or women can't strength train because they'll be hench or to lose weight you need to do it quickly um or bouncing back um you know that, that those kind of phrases things like that that's the hardest thing because it's everywhere and as much as we all love to say we don't listen to it well we, of course we do and it does it does seep through it does like get into us and that's the hardest bit is unpicking and trying to get not get rid of it, I don't think you ever do get rid of it, but trying to find a different way of looking at our bodies and what they can do, especially as we move through the different phases of being a woman. Um, so from pu- puberty to having kids, if you have kids, if you don't, it doesn't matter. If you go from menopause, which you will, that's going to change your body. And learning how to be, like to own that, rather than to punish ourselves for being the things that we think we should that that's the hardest thing and it's it breaks my heart to listen to people who are struggling with those that's the hardest bit
1: okay what makes you keep showing up what is it that keeps you getting out of bed and turning up and doing the thing
2: i mean the people like the but it, both the team The team are brilliant. I love all the team and the clients I get to work with. I'm so lucky that all of my clients are great and I hope to have a good relationship with all of them, but to turn up because you guys show up, you know, you guys show up and you do your best and you, I'm asking you to do X, Y, Z, so I should be there to be your cheerleader you know, to say, you're doing it. (laughs) just keep doing it. Um, So that.
1: Thank you. So if you had to get across just one thing about the programme that you think would help people succeed, and it could be one practice or one one aspect or component or one habit of it. If somebody said, what's the, the key thing, if you want to succeed in Trinity, What's the secret? What's the, the thing? What would you say?
2: Well, um, I would say show up and consistency. So the, the thing that we say a lot is progress, not perfection. And I would say that because you, you will never be perfect. You will never do this perfectly. Um, but that's great. <laughs> that's life. And I think it do, you know, just show up. If, if one week is an absolute car crash and all you do is, is walk and maybe stretch and one day have a good breakfast, hey, you, you tried, you know, you showed up, you did what you could, and then pick yourself up next week and say, I'm going to try and do, this is what I'm going to aim to do. Don't write weeks off just because you've got something went a bit wrong. Um, or you, you assume you can't do it perfectly, then stopping quitting before you've even tried, you know, because two days can make a difference. One day can make a difference. So I think sometimes we can all get into the mindset of, well, if I can't do this perfectly, I'll just wait until this time of my life. But it's never going to happen. So you may as well just show up and do what you can and honestly that works i mean i've seen it and i i know it works and all of us coaches know it works so that would be the thing that i'd say just just keep showing up and just keep doing what you can when you can
1: i think that's that's really really good advice and um, I think it was on the on the chat one of the ladies on the WhatsApp group said, um, and I think it was to encourage somebody who is maybe struggling a little bit and she was saying, I just think of the advice from Rob about brushing your teeth and it could have been just on the podcast, but mm. anyway, somebody said Rob said, you know, it takes a time to build a habit. But if you don't for whatever reason brush your teeth one morning or evening, you don't go, Oh, that's it, I'm never gonna brush my teeth again. You know. The next time it's time to brush your teeth, you brush your teeth. Yeah, and I think that's that kind of really ties in with with what you've just been talking about. It's that thing that sometimes you can't brush your teeth, but as soon as you can, you do. And it's you know it's showing up and yeah. So I think that's that's really really helpful. So to finish off, uh, I've got the quickfire round. Ooh. Um, so same questions as I asked Ben and Rob. Um, because what makes it interesting is, uh, what people, people's different responses rather than different questions. Sometimes that's the interesting part and sometimes it's just the same questions, but different people answering them. So, uh, are you ready? Ready. Right. So if you could only eat one food or meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh
2: my God. Uh, a roast. A roast what? Dinner. But vegetables yeah i know veggie roast veggie veggie roast oh okay with massive yorkshire pudding yeah good roast potatoes crispy roast potatoes Mm. um i love sprouts so i'll take some sprouts as well parsnips carrots you know the whole shebang the whole shebang what what's your kind of centerpiece for that well um i make quite a good lentil like nut roast but it's not a nut roast it's like a lentil loaf right so I okay. make that or so i'm feeling very extravagant a cheese and onion pie steady mm-hmm.
1: okay cool <laughs> um he doesn't love one of those yeah. uh if you could choose one food item that you could eat as much as you want and it would have no negative consequences just an unlimited amount of it whenever you like what would it be oh my god
2: oh uh toss up between two mac and cheese i love mac and cheese i'm a massive sucker for crisps and dip like that is my oh, appeal okay. so if i could just eat like crisps and dip on on, on like a conveyor belt on repeat yeah it'd be great but then mac and cheese are just like if that didn't have any consequence oh yeah so toss up Maybe a starter a crispy dip, what? then the mac and cheese. Ah, perfect. What? What? Let's get specific here. Uh, what? What crisps and what dip? Um, okay, so probably go like a kettle chip. Maybe the proper yep. kettle chip with sour cream and chives. Okay, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, or the proper chip barbecue with smoked hummus. You can tell I've done this a lot, can't you? Look at these heels That's my thing that, you know, again, you know, like I tell you, if I have crisps in the house, they're gone. They are gone. So I can't buy them. I can't have them in the house. So (laughs) there you go. Okay. Okay. So
1: of all the activity that you do normally, uh, what's your favorite move
2: or type of exercise? Um... Well, it'd be definitely to do with strength, and I like—I love upper body training, so I love a bench press. And a okay, up, bench press and a pull-up—they're my two favorites. A pull-up, oh, that's that's some advanced stuff,
1: right there. I can't do it right now, unfortunately. But why? Well, no, that. but some of us can't do it at all and don't expect to ever be able to do it. So, shush now. Um... <laughs> Uh, okay, what's your least favorite? What's the one that if you're if it's in a workout, you're kind of like, oh, really? Um,
2: I don't really enjoy um, a lunge. I, I won't. Do. I don't enjoy. That. I with you there. Yeah, I like a Bulgarian ball- no. split squat, but a, well, specifically, what's wrong with you? A jumping lunge. Ew. No. Ew, that. Sounds too hideous to even contemplate. No, it's not. No, I don't enjoy them. I,
1: yeah, I, I, am I'm, I'm currently experiencing the joy of death by lunges, as Rob charmingly calls it. And yeah, it. Mm, no. no. Uh, okay. When you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted
2: to do. Uh, I wanted to be in space. I wanted to be an astronaut. I was obsessed with space. Brilliant. Yeah. Are you still? It kind of freaks me out now if I think about it <laughs> <laughs> I think I watched Apollo 13 and was like oh, no, I don't want to do that anymore dad <laughs> I've,
1: I've Changed my mind so you're not not hanging on Brian Cox's every word and and watching all the no. all the spacey stuff
2: no 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 I was a bit I was quite in like I loved I loved school and I loved science so I was like oh I want to get to go space and then for some reason I wanted to be a marine biologist which I don't really think I knew what that was and then, um, and then I wanted to be an actor. So who who knows what flipped there? <laughs> okay.
1: Um. What do you wish you could do more of?
2: Um. Hiking. I really, I really would love more time to go up mountains because I live in the Lake District. So I'd love more time Ooh. to do that. Okay.
1: Uh, what would you like to do less of?
2: Uh. uh... Be on my phone. I'm on my phone so much. It's so silly. Like not necessarily work, just like just silly, you know, scrolling like we all do. Like that. That needs to go. That's maybe I'll put that as a goal for myself, Abby. Okay. <laughs> uh, and last one: If you couldn't do this, if you
1: couldn't be the Trinity coach that you are, uh, what would you do instead?
2: If I was allowed to. And they'd let me in the door. I'd like to write for like Pixar and like write children's films. I'd love that. Or comedy. I'd love to write like for children's films or comedy, something like that.
1: Wow, fantastic. Thank you so much, Laura. It's been absolutely lovely talking to you. And thank you for taking the time and wish you just the very best of luck with everything. And hope you enjoy all. That you've got ahead of you as best you can thank you um and uh i'll say thank you and goodbye thank you so much this is- oh, and also rob also, always says so i get to say it enjoy the rest of your day oh well
2: thank you
0: <laughs> so thank you for listening to today's episode of the trinity podcast if you've enjoyed today's episode don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of The Trinity Podcast.